Welcome to our podcast, Coffee and Tea with Nick and Dee. Grab your cups and get ready for a coffee break. Hi guys, Nick here. If you're a frequent listener of the podcast, you know that I love Cafe Creole. And today's episode is sponsored by Cafe Creole. Cafe Creole is pretty amazing, and here's why. They're serving up delicious coffee and helping farmers by paying them a living wage, 300% more than the fair trade even requires. They offer a variety of coffees, including Caribbean Blue, Zombie Desert, Haitian Hound, which you guys know is one of my personal favorites, and cocaine. (laughs) Yes, I said cocaine, just to name a few. From dark, medium, and light roast, Notes varying from butterscotch, cocoa, caramel, floral, and pretty much everything in between. You surely will find a coffee that will quickly become your morning favorite. And for our listeners, they're offering $10 off any order over $30. This deal also applies to first order subscriptions. So head on over to their website at www.coffeehunterproject.com and use our code NICKND. That's N-I-K-A-N-D-D-E-E at checkout, again, to receive $10 off your purchase of $30 or more. We're so proud to have them as a sponsor, and we hope you enjoy their coffee just as much as we do. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you support us. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Tea with Nick and and D. (laughs) Okay. How are you, B? You know, I'm super I... hyped today. I'm super hyped. What? Uh, I'm good. But now I'm mm-hmm. Why? Why are you super hyped? Not just I'm like, super I'm, hyped I'm, because I'm, excited. I'm hyped. Like, you should know why I'm hyped. Because you should be hyped, too. Because we have a guest on today. Yes, that's yeah. true. We do have a guest. We have a great have guest, a guest on, on today. today. Yes, yes, we do. Yes. Very good. Very great guest and very near and dear to my heart. But before yeah. we get to that, I give you my coffee break. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm keeping in, in the. I know that um, the holidays are coming up soon, so I wanted to kind of zhuzh together a little coffee recipe, and I call this the coffee float. Okay. And it's going to have a little okay. spike in it, okay? So for all you alcohol lovers out there, coffee and alcohol lovers, this one is for you. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what you want to do, you're going to need a quarter cup of vanilla ice cream. You're going to need half a cup of Kahlua. And you're going to need half an ounce or more, you know what I'm saying? If you, you know what I'm saying, you feel oh, of tequila. Oh, and you're going to need six ounces of cold coffee, okay? So what you want to do is put your coffee in a cup, add your tequila, add your kahlua, add your scoop of vanilla ice cream, and enjoy your ice cream float with a little kick to it, okay? Uh, so that's, that's my early that's my early. Thanksgiving little situation to you. Get get toasty nice. on Thanksgiving. Nice. Nice. And then you get the turkey with the um tryptophan in it and then you can get real sleepy 
with the mashed potatoes <laughs> and the macaroni and cheese and the dressing and the sweet potato pie and the green beans ooh, and the pumpkin ooh, pie ooh, and the cranberry sauce. Oh, um, don't do that. I was about that. to say eggnog, but I don't think Girl, it's eggnog, you, right? That's you are making me really, really <laughs> anxious now for the holidays. Like, <laughs> Girl. Oh, girl. What's your favorite, what's your favorite, um, your favorite holiday dishes? Um, okay, so this is, I don't care what holiday it is. I don't care if it's the 4th of July. <laughs> or or the President's Day, I macaroni and cheese. Girl, I have an issue. You and me both. You and me both. That is my <laughs> hands down favorite food. It, it ain't got to be no holiday. That's just my favorite food. Period. Okay. Right. Yeah. They can be like, <laughs> what's your? What do you want your last meal to be? That's it. I want the macaroni Mac and cheese. And cheese. Right. Baked. Let's be clear. Baked. Yes. It has to be baked. It's got to be baked. Like, what? Not baked? No, that's all right. That's okay. So I'm amped for that, too. I'm amped for that. I'm amped for mac and cheese. I'm amped for sweet potato pie because I love, love sweet potato pie. It'd be like the middle of June, and I'd be making sweet potato pie. Like, that's okay. Um. And what else do I really, really – oh, dressing. Like, uh, oh, dressing, yes. macaroni and cheese, the sweet potato pie, that's it for me. Just, just yes. give me those three things and I'll be cool. Yes. I'm Definitely. hoping my collard greens are done growing by the time oh. – well, they should be because they're pretty yeah. – they're getting pretty big now. So Ooh, nice. last year I grew my collard greens early with the um, <laughs> expectation to oh. have them – on um, Thanksgiving, and girl, uh, like, it was too early. It wasn't too early, but like they weren't growing, and then when they started growing, Justice pulled up all every single. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he pulled up every single um, collard green plant from the root, girl. So I had to start all over. So it was like it wasn't until like oh, January that I had collard greens. Like it, I missed Thanksgiving. I miss Christmas. It was like January where my collard greens just started growing out of control. So I'm excited. I'm crossing my fingers that nothing crazy, no iguanas or anything comes and eats them, that I have my collard greens in abundance oh for um, Thanksgiving. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but yeah. Enough, of, uh, enough of this because I'm getting real hungry and I'm getting real anxious. And Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'm already anxious about our guests, so... We have a special guest joining us today. It is my cousin, my first cousin, and she's going to be joining us. She is a mother, and she's a principal, and we wanted to um, touch on uh, learning and virtual learning and homeschooling and all the things that may be going on in you guys different household during COVID, just COVID learning in general and all of the things that we are having to go through and deal with in terms of this new style of learning. So um, we're going to cut over to that interview and we hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys. So we have a special guest joining us today. It is such an honor to have um, actually my cousin 
on today's episode. <laughs> I mean, you are our first. You're our first guest on the uh, show. So no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. (laughs) um, I'm so excited. I'm happy that um, you are joining us. And thank you again for um, doing us a favor by coming on the podcast. And I want to give you um, the opportunity to introduce yourself to the listeners out there so they can have an idea of who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff. Very good. So hello, everybody. Altina, Altina Herbert here. Um, We are first cousins. Our next mom and my dad are brothers and sisters. But let's just talk a little bit about me. Um, I (laughs) am a young educator here in um, the state of Delaware. I graduated from, or first started at FAMU, but graduated from Delaware State University, Hornick out there, um, and a major of elementary education, K-6, to worked a little bit and with the little ones and decided, oh, this is probably not what I want to do. I uh, want to settle down, find a little boyfriend, da 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 da. We know how that is. And then so I switched and said, you know what? Let me go back to the classroom because then I can have a little bit more time to enjoy as myself. So in the classroom for about five years at a nonprofit, independent private school that was only for brown and black girls. Well, not only, but that's what we oh. serve. Um, which was beautiful, and I fell in love with the place because it was a good mix of my faith, which I am very devoted to um, being connected with God and my love of education. So it was just a happy, great mix together. Okay. So I talked there for five years, yeah, and then I said, hmm, I need to go back to school. And then so I went back and got my master's in applied technology, which is kind of like what the world is going through right now. (laughs) Um, This whole pandemic and students learning online virtually. So my degree really meshed with where we are today. And I told my um, principal at the time, hey, listen, I got this degree here. I really want to put it to practice. I know that there is not a position here at Servium Girls Academy, um, I might be finding another job when the school year is over. And he was like, are you serious? And I said, yeah, I mean, that's what you go to school for, right? You go to school to learn, then apply what you've learned. So absolutely, one thing led to the next. She then decided that she wanted to spend time with, with her family, which we'll probably talk a little bit more about this work-life balance later. But she um, resigned at the end of the school year, and lo and behold, there was a position for someone to be elevated in the school or, you know, find someone outside. I had some peers say, hey, Tina, you, you probably should interview for that. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it. You, the kids love you here. Da, 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 da. And then I had to sit on it for a little bit, talk with my husband, and, and then the decision was made to go along with the process. Long story short, fast forward to today, I am the principal of Servium Girls Academy for the third yes. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I cannot say like being I am so blessed one to be around these young women 
to be a second mom to them and to then to have, again, this love of education and love of God be part of my daily life. I couldn't have asked for a better career path right now. Um, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I am. Yes, nice. yes. Nice. I love it. Living in your purpose. Beautiful. So not only are yes. you a bomb wife, a bomb mother, a yeah. principal, yeah. but you are an overall boss. Like, to to be in go. that position and say, listen, I have something, I have this degree, and this is how I want to utilize it, and basically yeah. I'm going to walk away and pursue that and for it to come back to you and just yeah. an opportunity basically is sat in your lap, like, here you go, this is it, the other woman resigned, like, I mean, that yeah. is you, like, truly living in your purpose, so... I didn't right. even know the whole backstory about that, so congratulations yeah, to you. Yeah, thank you. That is definitely nice. no fluff, no chaser with it. Um, and it was, it was just, you know, like you said, divine in a sense where I did not know where I was going to be but knew that I needed to do something. And then, like I said, fast forward now, my degree – Granted, a principal, you're managing students, you're managing teachers, you're putting in professional development, you're just running a school mm-hmm. day. But then again, here we are in pandemic 2020 with this craziness going on, and now I have been able to my teachers with the best knowledge that I have or direct them to great resources. So it just really works full circle. And uh, Servium Girls Academy is definitely a blessed place. Nice. Good, good, good. I'm happy yeah, to hear that. I'm glad you're happy, and I'm ha- glad you're in a position like that. That is that's pretty awesome. So right. we we definitely thought it was um, very essential to have you on because um, you touched on it a little bit about us being in a virtual world and everything that's going on in this season. Um, school is looking very different um, this year than it's ever looked. And so many changes mm-hmm. are being implemented. I mean, parents mm-hmm. are stressed, kids are stressed, mm-hmm. teachers are stressed, mm-hmm. principals, administrators. Right. So we wanted mm-hmm. to kind of um, create some space to kind of have a conversation around this topic so that we sure. can kind of, um, you know, give advice from um, a qualified person such as yourself um, so they can probably – you know, take away some tips and take away um, some things that they haven't thought of and utilize it in their lives um, while they're going through this this time. Because, I mean, even myself, like, I know I've had major struggles this year. Um, and sure. I've, ultimately, I've, I made the decision to pull my child out of school, uh, well, completely the public school system and homeschool exclusively. And um, right. I know you were saying that um, – you also, uh, your school caters to mostly, you know, brown and black children. And um, mm-hmm. I know that those children, especially, and not just, you know, brown and black children, but children, in, especially in certain areas, sure. um, you yeah. know, they're at a systemic disadvantage because they're faced with um, schools that are underfunded and, you know, they're pretty right. much suffering yeah. on top of what is already a difficult um task that's going on, you know, as is. So these kids are kind of left to the wayside and, you know, they're Mm -hmm. pretty much getting the short end of the stick already. And to add a virtual education on top of that is just kind of like, you know, I couldn't imagine. 
So yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's to talk about it. Yeah, I love bringing it to the forefront and getting the elephant out of the room, right? Because you hear things um, behind closed doors, but you don't really get to sit down firsthand, you know, in the front row about what's really happening right. and, and mm-hmm. to feel a different level. So, yeah, I agree. Okay. So with that being said, um, I wanted to ask you, like, what are some of the things that um, parents out there can do to support their child during this time, whether they're attending school in person or attending school at home. Oh, and before you answer the question, I totally forgot. I wanted you to touch on um, what your school looks like. Like, are you guys doing um, oh, yeah. virtual learning? Are you in school? Yeah. So, Serviam, um, we are a small, um, uh, not a Catholic faith-based school. All of our students are not Catholic, so I definitely like to say faith-based school, but um, we're very small in number. We decided in the um, late spring when all of this happened and during our admissions time that we wouldn't enroll too many students to help support what it might look like in the fall. I say that Mm -hmm. to say we started out um, with a hybrid model, which included two cohorts. So our school is a middle school, fifth through eighth. We do start at fifth grade. I know a lot of um, families and teachers out there, typically um, fifth grade is still elementary level, but here at our school, we um, started at fifth grade. So those students, the fifth and sixth graders would come in one week, um, and then the seventh grade and eighth grade will come in the following week. So we ran a hybrid model of in-person, and virtual learning. Mm-hmm. Then as time had gone on, the month of September came and rolled around. We didn't have any cases um, at our school. So we were hearing from the teachers that the students in the lower grades, fifth and sixth, were not fully engaged in, in virtual learning, which come on now, we know that, right? We didn't right, need right. it four weeks to know that there was a disadvantage of students being virtual when they've never done it before. Teachers have never taught it before. Um, We did know the cons of of, of having a virtual session. So we went back to the drawing board and we said, hey, listen, if we can connect with families and see where they stand, and I'm going to talk about mental health in a second, but see where they stand and then try to um, mold and these fifth and sixth graders to come into the building full time with a Friday virtual. So um, the <laughs> the um, response was overwhelming. Family said, "Absolutely, she's not logging in. She's not doing this. I'm getting phone calls from so and so. Please bring her back." Mm. So next week we have decided to move our fifth and sixth grade full time with the Friday virtual. And that's Monday to Thursday. And then our seventh and eighth grade will still run on this this cohort of A, B days. So one week they'll be in, and then the following week they'll be out, and so forth and so on until we're ready for the next phase. I also say that to say that Servium has done a great job with our safety and protocol. So um, we have HEPA filters in each of the classrooms. We encourage our students to wash their hands more than not and just not solely um, rely on hand sanitizer. Our desks Mm -hmm. are six feet apart. Our teachers on their workstation have these plexiglass across them. 
Um, we've invested in so much <laughs> sanitizer wipes, solution to clean off everything, and we're doing a really great job. And I will say the students have embraced that um, new safety protocols with, of course, mask wearing 100% of the time unless they're eating. Um, okay. So we, we always like to have some flow, fresh flow of air in the building, so windows are cracked. AC either being ran, you know, at the time when heat, we'll have to address that later, but um, the airflow, the air quality is great. And then these heifer filters, which come to find out um, our hospital here, AI DuPont, suggested that um, to add that extra feature. And a lot of schools aren't not doing the extra heifer filters. And then every four weeks, mm -hmm, and then every four weeks, the school, um, shuts down completely for a three-day um, sanitizing, um, I don't know how to call it, but it's more so a company comes in and sanitizes every piece of that building. And then it lays, yeah, it lays dormant for those three days, and then the next cohort will come into the building. So we're, I, I, I felt really comfortable principal allowing my students and my teachers to come into the building because safety protocols that have been put in place. But I want to go yeah. back to, yeah, the initial question, the second question about um, students and disadvantage and that kind of thing. I honestly feel that parents need to start with mental health first. Mm -hmm. If your grandchild is not mentally stable for this, right? Um, finding a counselor, finding someone to talk to, finding time at the dinner table to really sit down and see where your son, daughter, grandchild, niece, nephew is at, right? Mm -hmm. And if the schools or the, the family cannot meet the needs of that mental health component, it does become brings a toll on teaching and also brings a toll on them for learning. We know the hierarchy, if students aren't fed and they can't learn, or students don't have this and they can't do that. It is so true. And hmm, I've seen it in our institution, and we have implemented some um, mandatory counseling for some of our students because this life is different, right? They've been isolated right. from friends. They may not, as like my son Mason, he hasn't even started kindergarten yet, and then he can't even go into school. Or you know, or when you pulled your your son out, it's it's that mental health component, that family dynamic has to be solid because they have been isolated, right? And oh, yeah. with the isolation comes other problems. You know, the mind starts racing. And this is a lot that goes along with the mental health. So I will start there with that. And then from there, the learning can happen. Um, virtually is difficult, but it's possible. But I would yeah, I seriously love that. I love, love, love that you guys are actually having these children sit down with um, counselors. That is actually very impressive and something that a lot of these schools can take into consideration because that is really impressive because I think that people forget that there are adults out there that aren't handling um, this whole situation well at all. So imagine a child. It's a very stressful time. And I think because a lot of us are just kind of working through it and still going through the motions that 
Right. It's not affecting us in such a way, but a lot of children, they don't have, they're not able to go to school. They're not able to play with their friends. So they don't have that, mm-hmm. that, that uh, way out to kind of um, release that stress. And children pick up on stress too. So if you're a stressful parent, um, children, right. children are picking up on that and they mimic that. And right. I mean, it's just, it, it, that is a really, really good idea. So, um, so yeah, so my question is, with everything being done uh, with, with, with the sanitizing and taking the three days off and that actually being a fantastic way to help keep down the spread, um, how do the students interact with each other when they are in school and not virtual? Yeah, so it is definitely uh, um, intentional planning that we have to have or try to complete, right? So um, there are Zoom sessions where we'll have students come on and do, you know, virtual Pictionary games or just connecting with each other that's in another room through Skype. Um, we have this beautiful garden space outside, and we know that, you know, we try to encourage the school, CDC encourages um, schools to get students outside as much as possible for outdoor learning. And one of our outdoors is, yes, is our garden. And our students have actually planted, while they're in the garden, they have to wear gloves. Like, that's an added extra layer with the mask just because it's down in the dirt and we know how we um, But they um, plant, they harvest, and then they get to reap their benefits of um, what they have harvested and eat the food, yes. which is great vegetables and to see on their faces um, being able to go through that and provide you know food for yourself and your family through gardening is beautiful and because they don't really get to do it um they're most of them live in the city so they're the space is very limited as we know in big cities um so being able to have this outdoor space helps them, one, connect with an adult that typically is not teaching them, which is great for um, social-emotional as well. And then being able to see their friends outside, um, enjoying something that they all love or have a passion about. Um, and then, again, like yeah. I said, eat it. Now, inside is very, very tricky. Um, we do not mix cohorts of students. So once they mm-hmm. have been in that class, with that teacher, they won't move around like we used to do in school, you know, walking up and down the hallway, taking the teacher because another one had a path that needed us to go down, or just hanging out in the hallway as we've done in high school. Um, You can't do that anymore. It is you have to stay with that group. And the reason behind that is just an outbreak did did happen. We want to be able to to trace it, right? Everybody's talking about this. Oh, and tracing. tracing, yes. So if students are moving about the building as we have done in the past, um, it's very difficult to figure out where it came from. So it's it's tough. Um, we try to cut down on the screen time, um, but it's it's a hard way of doing. It's very difficult. The 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 biggest thing that we try to do is inter- have our students interact with others outside of the school. So we have a huge program that um, the girls will complete. Um, we're able to do like a um, jump rope because they can be six feet apart and one person in the middle jumping. Um, then, you know, the handles get sanitized and the next loop comes on. It's very, 
Yeah, very intentional. And now the girls get it. So they're like, okay, I, I get where the wife's at or da 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 da. So they do become accustomed, and kids are so, um, um, what is the word? They just, um, not transparent. I can't even come to it right now. But they, they adapt. Can, yeah, adapt. They adapt. adapt so quickly to new change. You do get some pull because middle school girls, like, oh, my gosh, the drama. <laughs> yeah. But they do come around, but it's definitely intentional. Um, we can work out at school, which is nice. Um, so, you know, spacing them out in the big um, area that we have at school helps out. Um, they're doing jumping jacks and lifting and pushing and all that jazz that goes with that to keep the heart rate going. Because we know with the academics, they need some cardio, too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They need them. It's it's really tough for the education world. You know what? No answer is correct, and we appreciate that families are entrusting their students with those that are allowing them to go to school because, you know, it's a tough decision, and we respect everything that says, you know what? Pump the brakes. She's not coming. Nope. Mm -mm. She needs to learn. Um, we respect it, and we do not give families a hard time if that is something that they wish to do. No, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, it is a very, very uh, difficult thing. I can yeah, yeah. uh, so, It is, um, and you... Yeah. With that being said, for you, because I know that your mother and also, you know, being a principal at a school, what has been the most difficult part of this entire change on both a personal and professional level for you? Like what has been like the most challenging parts of this? The most challenging part I would say is the fear of bringing it home to my family. Um, Mm. Yeah, I know just like, you know, um, cops, they go through the academy and they know at the end of the day when they put that suit on or in the morning put that suit on that they possibly might not come home at the end of the night right or and i hate to make the analogy but it's so true or a um a fireman saying hey i've got to get to this this burning house baby i might not come home tonight you know you'd hate to go there but that's the truth and to i don't even see my parents much because i am at work now right and the kids My kids, I got a daughter that's in daycare. Mason goes to school because I needed them to be somewhere. My husband works out in the community. So it, it, that is the worst fear that I've had. And I continue yeah. and making sure, and it's, we studies have shown it's not on your clothes, but it, on your hands and mouth. Um, mm-hmm. you know, mucus places. So I am very vigilant before I pick either one of them up to, mm-hmm. um, make sure I have cleaned my body as much as possible and, you know, air out the car and those kind of things. Um, but that's yeah. the thing. Teachers are fearing, like, I have to bring this home to my family and I get it 115%. I get it. But then again, we're, we're forced with, Okay, do I leave the the profession that I love so much and I know that there's so much good in this, or do I put mm-hmm. myself to being susceptible to contract, being the virus? And it's a tough decision. It really is. 
And yeah, just like yeah. we honor the teams, we honor our teachers' decisions to do, you know, and it hurts us if whether they say, you know what, Altina, I really don't feel comfortable with this. Or like, you know what, really, I need a teacher to fill in because we're moving forward with this. So um, mm-hmm. it's a tough, tough game right now for educators and administrators, knowing that we know what's best for the community, right? Because we're putting our families, ourselves at state because we know what's best for our communities, just like the other first responders. You know, it's it's tough. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. That, that, anybody that goes out and basically Anyone. exposes themselves to a large amount of people, you are. I mean, it, it is what it is. You are putting yourself at risk, and it, it is. You are first responder, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, and so. the thing about it is um, even, you know, people, and I love now that you see more of, um, you know, grocery store managers, workers, those kind of things, those kind of people are considered heroes because, again, they're doing it because they know the country needs to be fed, right? They're doing it because children need to have food on their tables. And if mm-hmm. they stop what they're working or the farmers stop what they're doing, then our mm-hmm. country stops it's a really tough gamut to, to, to put a family, a father, a mother, an auntie, grandma, auntie, it's uncle at, you know, it's, it's tough right now. I just, you have to make people's decision one way or the other because you just, just don't know. Right. Yeah. 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 I know that oh. the pandemic, it definitely has sparked like an appreciation for, like you said, those people that are looked over, that are yeah. not thought of so much, but it has created such an appreciation for teachers. And yeah. I mean, I I just I just honestly hope that at the end of this, or you know, later on down the line, sooner than later, that they improve um, the educational system and you know a lot of yeah. the working conditions and a lot of the pay and a lot of the funding and you know because. The school system, teachers, administrators, all all of those people, they are super, super unappreciated, and now it's just coming to the forefront mm-hmm. where you need these people. You need them to not only yeah. teach your children, but a lot of people are like, I, I need them to watch my children. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, at the, very, uh, at the very least. And, you know, a lot of people took that for granted until, you know, they, they mistreat they mistreat teachers, they mistreat principals and, you know, yeah. Yeah. And hearing that from you guys and not me, the educator is just enough. Anyway, if some, if one person acknowledged it, right. um, It makes it worth our job. And we're hoping that, and and like you said, the, um, even those child, child care teachers, I mean, they are underserved as well as not just the, early ed and middle school and high school and secondary, it definitely, um, it starts at the bottom. And I hate to put the plug, but we definitely all need to get out and vote and make sure that we are showing up to the polls and during our, during our due diligence, right? Our families and, and grands Absolutely. and fought for that. And we need to be out there and showing like enough is enough. Um, yes. yes. It's so yeah, and those underserved communities, thank God, 
that we have an outlet, but those teachers and professionals that are listening, that you come from a community that the resources are not there, then what? You know, it just mm-hmm. makes more decision like, I'm not going into work. I already know what it was before the pandemic. Can you imagine now? Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, Absolutely. It's tough. You know, I'm just waiting for that light to come on that it can bring us to <laughs> a place where we all are back to some type of normalcy. I don't think we'll ever get right. there right now, but just inching there would be helpful. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree as well. So you guys get out to those polls. It starts on a local level, especially in the school system. Get out, vote for those local superintendents. Um, these people that are Definitely. sitting in these seats, these are the people that are going to make the changes that you are going to need in within your community. And, you know, not just on right. a um, presidential level. You know, a lot of people, you know, right. they skip the their whole local county and all the issues that are going on that directly right. affect them. They yeah. don't think about those things. So do your research in whatever city, whatever yeah. state you live in. Do your research. Whatever do your due diligence. Yes. If you yeah. want things to change, especially on a local level, especially all the things that are happening right now within our school system, research all the candidates, your superintendents, all these people, yeah. and just try all of them. figure out. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Because yeah. when you have yeah. people in those spaces that, you know, when you have people in those spaces that not only look like you and care about the issues, like, for instance, Alpina, I, like, this is my first cousin. Yeah. We know each other. And I know yeah. your heart. I know what type of person you are. So I honestly and truly would, like, the parents that, <laughs> the children that attend your school, I, yeah. I hope they know how lucky they are. I honestly and truly hope they know how lucky they are to have somebody like you that is so caring, so thoughtful, so vigilant. Yeah. And, you know, it only adds to another layer that you're a mother yourself. So it's that relatability yeah. as well um, that you're yeah. able to just carry. So I just hope that they know how lucky they are <laughs> to attend your school. And I just hope that more people are able to get into spaces like this. More people in different areas yeah. are able to have access to people like you. So Yeah. I definitely appreciate that, but you know what? There is no I in team. And let me tell you, I have such a great um, advisory board, such a great president, and my teachers, gosh darn, they <laughs> have shown up and shown out for the most part of <laughs> I thought I couldn't move on there. Like, we got this, Miss Herbert. We got this. And, nice. it, you know, you really have to find where your moral compass is and say, hey, listen, this is what I'm going to stand for. And if my manager, my supervisor, my president, my boss, however mm-hmm. you're however your work environment, that chain of command works, be like-minded. And if it doesn't align with who you are and what God's purpose for you, then it might mean you need to make another change. And that's what draws me back day in, weekend, summer, every whole year. It brings me back to the great that I have and that I'm working with because it's definitely no I and team. Um, I am leading this 
there are some silent partners for sure. And when those silent partners are not, yes, and when they're not, you know, of like-mindedness, that's when the issues come about, right? And the school becomes a divide and the children can see and the parents can see and then it becomes, excuse my French, a shit show. So we don't want that. We want to be able to, everybody (laughs) be on one accord and we're rocking with it. And I say definitely show up to the game because, you know, I do my little backstory and, you know, students are this and that and connecting and making sure everybody has what they need the best of our ability. Um, but the teachers, they're rock stars too. And our advisory board and the head of school, like it definitely, and the mayor. The, uh, I mean, there's so many people involved in institutions and being able to make them successful. Um, I've just mm-hmm. been blessed to put I've just been blessed to put it, be at one of them. So, yeah. But I would like to say those families that are teeter-tottering from one to the other, um, you have underlining conditions, you have, um, you know, whatever concern it is of bringing your son, daughter to school, it's okay to say no, right? It's okay to be comfortable with your decision because there isn't a choice. Right? There isn't a vaccine, and at the end of the day, your family will deal with whatever may come about or the good triumph. Kids are so resilient; they're going to learn. You know, they're going mm-hmm. to learn. If say at our school, um, slow and steady wins the race. And no matter if we're teaching content today or not, saying you know what, pause it, let's connect with each other. They're going to get it. So. Don't be so hard on yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to your children um, because mm-hmm. that's the only way we're all going to be able to get through this is being kind to ourselves and knowing that no one has the right answers. We don't. Yeah. Yep, that's key. Do what works for you. That's the most important thing you can do, whether it's the routine yep. that you're on, whether the way you communicate, whether – it's what you expect from your child. Do what works for you. It's going to look different for everybody. This is not a situation that we've been in before. No no right. one has the answer. No one knows what to do, you know. So right. um, I think that is, you know, another important thing that people have to learn. Um, you know, do do what works for you. Do what works for you. And like you right. said, it's fine. If you have to say no, if you can't do it. If you don't want to do it, all of it, it's fine. It's fine. So. Right. It is. Yeah, so. so, yeah, I want to thank you for joining us. That thank was great. you. Yes. Thank you very much. People, our listeners, take away, um, because you dropped a lot of gems, I hope that if we have um, teachers and other principals or staff listening, um, maybe they can take some ideas away from what your school is utilizing that they may or may not be doing. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just been uh, such a pleasure to have you on, and I thank you for coming. Um, Yes. Yes. If educators or teachers or families want to connect, um, I definitely don't mind connecting via email um and giving some resources or how we're doing it or models you know we don't know everything but we we're, like i said we're in this together <laughs> so um if yes. that is something you just reach out to to the girls and they'll get you connected 
Okay, yeah, I will definitely yeah. um, link her um, contact information in our show notes for you guys so that if you want to get in contact, um, you can definitely mm-hmm. do that. So thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Medina, so what do you have for our tea today? <laughs> okay. Okay, I don't like to laugh. I'm scared. I am scared. I don't like to laugh. Okay. I don't. I don't. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. Okay, I, the tea for the table. Um, <laughs> you guys should be very scared out there. Like, the laugh, the laugh is... Okay, I'm going to just brace okay. myself. Okay, wait, let me take a breath because I'm starting to, like, tear up. Okay. <laughs> so the tea, the tea for today stands for Tubin, as in Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, so, I'm going to vlog at this. So I don't know if you guys heard. Okay, let me get myself together. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Get yourself together, girl. Okay. Mm. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Okay. So, the tea for today, guys, is Cuban. So, I don't know if you guys heard, but Jeffrey Tubin, who is a writer for The New Yorker and um, a TV analyst, into some trouble because apparently while he was on a Zoom session, it was him and a group of people, and what they were doing is they were simulating the U.S. presidential election. And there was a certain section, I guess, during this whole Zoom call where he said, hey, you know, you guys, since I'm not a part of this section or, you know, do you mind if I get off? And they were like, you know, like kind of just get off for this part and I'll come back. No, I can't, yeah, yeah, no problem. I don't think he <laughs> was paying attention to the fact that he had not turned off the camera nor the audio. So he goes away and there's a um, video it's not of him. It's like a recording of, like, somebody kind of, like, dubbed over it and, like, put his face on it. But there's a recording of he goes away from the camera. He comes back. He has a bottle of lotion in his hand. He takes <laughs> he takes out some Kleenex. <laughs> and um, if you notice, if you watch the video, on the bottom left corner, there's a gentleman in a purple shirt who is noticing what's about to pop off. Like, you see his whole face go, wait, what? Wait, what's about to happen? And then the woman <laughs> above him is like, wait, wait, wait. And then he proceeds to unbutton his pants. And from that point, we didn't see the rest, but I guess he went to town on himself. He just had a grand old day. Oh, my God. So what ended up oh. happening was... He is now known as the Zoom Dick, and he was suspended from work 
because of this situation. But he did. Now, he did. Okay, I'll give him this. He did come back and said that he, he had apologized. He said he had made an embarrassing, embarrassingly stupid mistake. He thought that he was off camera. He apologized to his wife and his family and his friends and his coworkers. Um, and he did. He was like, you know, I didn't think that I was visible on Zoom. I thought that, you know, nobody could see me, and I thought that I had muted um, the video. Later, finding out that he didn't. So, um, when the story was later updated, apparently he was actually masturbating on the Zoom video chat with the members of the New Yorker and. Um, WNYC radio. So I wasn't sure if you guys had um, heard about this situation, and I just figured that I should share. Um, <laughs> I mean, that just should, I don't like that. Like, why did they have to suspend him? I mean, it's not like he did it in. Intentionally, I mean, if I, I was him, I probably wouldn't want to go back anyway because I would just right. embarrassment would just be a little much for me. But um, right. I mean, he actually excused. He thought he turned it off. It wasn't intentional. And I mean, it's you know, people be doing that kind of stuff. So I mean, I uh, that's true. Uh, now that is true. Now I that's so up. I believe that he really didn't. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't think that he necessarily did it on purpose. But I don't believe that he was actually really paying attention because you and I have been on Zoom calls before, and you know that when you are on a Zoom call, if you have stopped your video, either your name pops up or if you have a picture, your picture pops up. Otherwise, you're seeing yourself move. So I don't know if he just was not paying attention to where he was placed on the camera, or I, I don't I don't know I, I don't I don't know. All I know is that uh, he's been exposed. That he exposed himself yeah. in a very a very illicit way. Um, oh, cool. yeah. And it's all over Twitter. And even, you know what's funny about it, though? Even O.J. Simpson had something to say about it. Like, come on, O.J. Simpson, he even took to Twitter commenting about it. Like, I, 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 I don't even know what to say. I just don't know what to say. I'm, oh I, We're living I, in a virtual yeah. world, a very virtual world. I mean, ooh. And I mean, I, you know, it's just been countless things like this, though. Like, I've seen so many, like, headlines of people just, like, at work, on a meeting, same thing. Mm -hmm. There was, like, a woman that accidentally, like, um, the woman that was peeing um, <laughs> on a call. <laughs> there was, like, I mean, like, it's convenient, but it's, uh, Lord, it's, it, you know, Remember the whole thing of the video that I showed you with the lady? Um, yes. Since we're talking about school today, uh, the little boy that was homeschooling and on with his teachers, and her, I guess it was his mom in the background, like, 
just came in the in the back view of the camera with like methanol. Like, oh my god, how embarrassing, guys! Just get a get get a cover. Get they sell those little webcam covers. Do that. Do that. Right. I mean, throw a towel over it. Close the laptop. Just log back on together if you got to get up. Okay. Oh god. Yeah. Poor guy. I yeah. I think. You know, I, I get why they suspended him, though. I mean, I, I don't necessarily 100% agree because I think he probably literally just was not paying attention and just went to town. And then once he realized what he was doing, was like, oh, snap. I yeah. definitely did not mean to do that. But the problem is he can – if if somebody decided to, they could actually, I guess, charge him with some form of sexual assault if somebody decided to, because well, he did it without he, it consent. Was, yeah, because he did it was, without consent. That would be hard. That would be a hard case to prove because then you would have to prove that it was intentional, which right he's saying it was not right. So, I don't know, like, <sighs> yeah, I think that would be, that that would, that would be a bit much. And if somebody were to do that, that would be, that would be a lot to, a lot to, to, to prove. And on top of that, like, you're saying that it, whoever would come forth and say something like that, like sexual assault. Like, who even leaked the video, though? Like, who put it out for people to even see in the first place? That's another question. That's like, another thing. Exactly. Like, yeah. like who did could, that? Because the thing is, is, after it was said and done, you could have been like, okay, dude, for real? Like, Because now, now honestly and truly, he could sue them. I mean, like, this is supposed to be a work call with colleagues like which one of y'all you know what I mean because I mean it kind of like is on the fence of like you leaking somebody's sex tape or something like that like you know the Mm -hmm. man did it accidentally he was around these few people I guess maybe it was being like screen recorded or you know how you like to record zoom calls or whatever yeah who sent it out it It was somebody's call Listen, Somebody listen I would be trying to press charges or sue whoever after they've been uh, fired or what do they, suspend him? Listen, I think yeah, I'm going Because who put this out, okay? Who put it out? Right, exactly. Why is this That's going viral? Like, so, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Well, but anyway. I don't know. Yeah. It's the way. Well, we hope you guys. <laughs> enjoyed this uh, episode and we will yes. talk to you guys next Tuesday. Take next care. Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye. A Mecca Medina production.